ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Post to Post. The NHL offseason continues, and we are still waiting to hear back from the NHL to on when the 2021 season will begin. Uh, there has been a lot of chatter, especially in the last couple of days, and going to be happening in the next two weeks. Uh, regarding of the start of the next season. The NHL still believes that they are attempting to make their January 20, January 1st target to start the season. Uh, and I believe between now and American Thanksgiving, it's going to be a lot of talking to get the season going. Now, if they're attempting to get the season started in by January, they're definitely going to have to open training camps by December 17th. In order to get you know players going and camps underway which means a lot of individuals so exactly almost a month from now they would basically have to get you know teams in two weeks before that date players that are coming from overseas and from the states uh, if they're playing in the Canadian division same thing vice versa for the American for them to be quarantined for two weeks in, in order to start their 2021 season now, some players are already in their respective cities training. However, the rest of them are at home with their family, spending time and getting ready. Some are playing in the KHL and in Europe in order to keep themselves in shape for the upcoming season. Now, the NHL border, Board of Directors, sorry, Board of Governors and the Executive Board of the NHLPA met uh, last time had and had two major meetings and they were discussing on potentially what would go on um, as like I said they do want to make that January 1st start but when they're going to do it how they're going to do it logistics have to be in play now there are a couple of potential ideas that would go on uh, there are potentially uh, rumors that maybe you know this is going to be an outdoor season you know all the games are going to be played outdoors uh, an example of this would have been at Lake Louise However, the problem that they would run into that is that it is a national park uh, and therefore advertisement and stuff like that could and billboards and stuff can only be put up in proportion because of the national park status. It would actually be pretty cool to see a lot of outdoor games this year and I think they're going to be pushing for a lot of out more outdoor games since you know they have the ability to go outside and play and it's going to be very interesting to see what goes on in that aspect especially since the u.s has a lot of football and baseball stadiums which will be uh, completed their season the mlb has already completed their season and the and the nfl has continued and they will be finishing their season within the next couple of months another potential there uh, most likely divisions are definitely going to be changed up a bit the Pacific Division, all those divisions will be changed just for this season only as, you know, travel restrictions between U.S. and Canada, as well as logistics completely to make it easier. So there's going to be most likely a all-Canadian division, which actually I think is going to be very interesting because a lot of the West teams don't play the East teams quite a bit. And, you know, the friendly Canadian competition will bring that up and you compete. And it means a lot more, such as the Battle of Alberta will literally mean a lot more. Uh, the Battle of Ontario will mean a lot more. 
it's basically the teams it just means a lot more to the team you got to have more points every point is important each game is important and you're going to have competition and each team has improved uh like i said last week i ranked the canadian teams and definitely ottawa got better uh they're not they're not significantly better but they definitely did get better and you know moving from there they're going to definitely uh definitely get something going and it's just gonna be every tough tough time because almost every canadian team is a very good team you look at vancouver you look at calgary you look at edmonton you look at winnipeg you look at montreal you look at uh toronto it's it's a big big everyone made a big impacts and they got a they got a tough challenge and especially in the canadian division it would be interesting to see how that goes for the canadian teams and, you know, it actually would be interesting. You know, I'd like to see more games between, you know, Calgary and Toronto uh, and Vancouver and Montreal, you know, and then maybe it'll bring some new rivals, right? You know, things, we already know the hatred between Edmonton and Calgary, as well as Calgary and Vancouver. Uh, maybe something brings up more, maybe something like Toronto and Calgary or Edmonton and uh, Edmonton and Toronto or Montreal and Calgary or Winnipeg and and, um, and Ottawa sometimes it'll make some new rivalries which is always good because rivalries are always fun and makes the game more interesting and due to logistics and stuff it's going to be most likely kind of like a baseball season where you're going to have playing one team for two to three games and then moving on to the next uh, opponent just because it makes it easier for logistically but it also costs a lot of money more because you gotta go there stay there for a couple of weeks uh come back basically quarantine for a week and then go to your next opponent and they got to do the same thing vice versa uh so it's going to be an interesting way that the way that the nhl and the nhlpa decide to uh, make their team uh, make they make the season work and i believe hopefully that they'll start by january 1st and i think you know the, because of the NBA finally negotiating and getting a start date and everything ready to go, it has caused the NHL to pick things up and start speeding things up. Because if the NBA is back, the NHL is now lacking behind. So they've got to get it. And obviously there's going to be potential hub cities too, uh, where only a f- a f- certain teams uh, have, their, have uh, an opponent bu- a building to play in. And it's going to be a little bit tougher to see how that is because bubbles are definitely not hard being away from your family for quite a long time. It is definitely tough. And I think, yeah, like I said, like the 2020 Stanley Cup was one of the hardest team, hardest cups to win because you are away for so long from your family. You are basically isolated with just your team and there's no fans. There's no home ice advantage. There's no that boost. It's just dig down deep and go and that's basically what it is and you know it's tough it's definitely tough for that so you know congratulations to the the Bay lightning for actually pushing through and making it making it through and finally getting that cup but there are still many questions to answer you know what's going on uh how it's gonna happen it's a lot of uh a lot of questions to answer for this but uh, with that, there was a release by the Adidas, uh, by Adidas for the reverse retro jerseys. Now, 
these jerseys are looking fantastic so far there's been a couple of teasers by all the teams uh, so far, the Pacific and the Central have done theirs. Uh, we will be waiting uh, for the Eastern Conference to do theirs in the next two days. And then the final release will be on November 16th, and that is Monday. And it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic uh, out, uh, change because it's looking great. So far, the Flames are going to be their Blasty uh, from 98, which has been waiting for a long time by fans. Uh, Carolina is going to definitely have their Hartford Whaler, Whaler jerseys coming back uh, as they tease that today. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, with these reverse retro jerseys. And I think it'll be it's something for fans to look forward to as well as the players uh, just while, you know, they wait for everything to decide on what's happening in the 2021 season but it also gets people excited that these jerseys are going to be there for the 2021 season which is fantastic and i think that adidas actually have done well uh on you know taking things from the past and actually bringing them back and listening to a couple of fans ideas and stuff so it's definitely going to be very very interesting to see how these things play out uh, I personally will be getting a Blasty jersey myself because I think they look fantastic and I'm finally glad that the Flames are bringing these back as well as there's a black jersey for the Flames because I've just been a fan of black jerseys and I think that the Flames colors with the red, the black, and the yellow just make it perfect uh, in in those jerseys. So, we wait for November 16th for the official release of all 31 NHL jerseys and in hopes that it will happen quite soon. So, and while we wait for that, free agency continues. Now, we've got a couple of free agencies since our uh, signings, uh, RFAs uh, and some UFA, uh, probably mainly RFAs that have signed uh, with their respective teams. Uh, starting with Devin Taves, he was just traded to Colorado from New York Islanders. He signs a four-year deal worth $16.4 million with a cap hit of $4.1 annually. I think this is a great signing for Colorado. They've got a great young star in Kale McCarr, and this gives their, their second line with Devin, uh, defensive line with uh, Devin Taves there. And he's still a young, great, great player and definitely lots of development there to be had and I think Colorado is again a team to beat uh, they are my Stanley Cup favorites to win this year uh, for the 2021 season uh, but again only time will tell moving on to Detroit they signed their unrestricted free agent Tyler Bertuzzi uh, to a one-year deal worth 3.5 million uh, great young player he's got so much potential uh, lots of skill goal scorer ability He's definitely going to be a, uh, a future star, uh, but it's only a one-year deal, so he's going to be looking for a little bit more of a paycheck coming in uh, for next year. So Detroit's going to have to be looking at that. Otherwise, they're going to have to trade his rights away, and another team's going to capitalize on that. Uh, moving on to Carolina, they signed Hayden Flurry to a two-year, $2.6 million deal, uh, $1.3 million cap hit. Uh, yeah, great. Again, good young defenseman. He is still developing. Uh, he still needs a little bit more. And I think with Dougie Hamilton still in Carolina, he will definitely learn a lot in that aspect. 
again, and Detroit moving to them again. They signed Anthony Mantha to a four-year, $22.8 million deal with a cap hit of $5.7 million annually. Uh, again, he's a great player. Lots of upside to him. Uh, I do think he will be part of that team with Bertuzzi for the future, and they're definitely going to be a team to play against in the next couple of years. They just got to solve goaltending, which hopefully they can do soon. Um, but they have Thomas Grice, which they've signed, but still, I don't think he's the answer. They need a bona fide starter uh, to help them. But that is yet to be seen in the next couple of years. Uh, the New York Rangers sign Ryan Strom to a two-year, $9 million deal worth $4.5 million annually. I think Ryan Strom is a great player. I think he's a he's definitely a steal of a player. I think you know him and Panarin are great together, and I think they're definitely going to be, uh, again, New York Rangers are going to definitely be a team to beat. With the addition of uh, Alexis Lafreniere, uh, I'm sorry, Alexis Lafreniere, in this year's draft, and they basically they've got great young goaltenders in Igor Sturzkin, and um, and they've basically been able to push through. So hopefully, you know, uh, New York Rangers do uh, do some good damage this year. And finally, Dallas uh, signs their free agent, uh, Rope Hints. He has signed a three-year, $9.45 million deal, annually worth $3.15 million. And so he signs. He was great for them, especially in the playoffs. He was a young player. Again, he knows what he's doing. Uh, lots of upside and still lots of time to push forward with him. Uh, again, Dallas, great. They've got a good balanced team. Uh, the goaltending is a little bit older, but the, if Kudobin can repeat his performance, they'll uh, definitely be able to play. And if Bishop can stay healthy, but he's definitely going to be out for four to five months. Uh, sorry, five months for sure. And him and Sagan, as they both had surgery to repair uh, injuries that occurred during the playoffs. But that signs uh, all the signings for the right now. But there's still so many free agents available. Mike Hoffman is still there. Eric Halla is still there. Corey Perry, um, Mikhail Granlund, and Anthony Duclair. All great players. Uh, we'll go in a little bit too about them. So Mike Hoffman, again, he's waiting. He's going to be patient. Uh, he knows what the situation is. He's going to be relaxed. But as soon as uh, I think the NHL start date is set, uh, things will start heating up. And you know we'll see some more movements to free up some contract and free up some money for teams to sign uh mike hoffman because they're going to definitely need him uh he he is he's 30 but he had a great season last year he scored 29 goals with 59 points in the season uh his cap hit was 5.19 million uh last his last contract so he's definitely looking for a raise i think he's going to sign between six to seven million uh, i don't think he'll go higher higher than hall uh taylor hall at eight uh, I just don't don't think he's worth that currently. Um, he's definitely worth the I would say between six and seven million for sure. Uh, Eric Halla, he's a center. Uh, he's twenty nine. Uh, definitely had a good time in Minnesota. Uh, he had twelve goals and twenty four points. Uh, definitely needs a team with wingers to play with. Uh, Minnesota really didn't give him that, and neither did Vegas as much when he was in there a little bit. 
but his cap hit was 2.75 million. So I think he goes for a deal between three and four million uh, with the team. But again, I think he's he's also being as patient as possible. Corey Perry, same thing. Uh, he's a menace. Uh, a lot of people don't like him, and I completely understand why. But he still he gets the job done. He gets those in those dirty areas, and he gets under opponent's skin. Um, down year for him, uh, he is 35, but he only had five goals and 21 points this year. Uh, his cap hit was 3.1 million. I think he gets a down pay this year. If he does sign with anyone, he will definitely be getting a, uh, uh, a, uh, a downgrade in pay. And I think it's going to be just for a league minimum deal, um, because, of, because of his age and his production is not what it was when he was younger with, and with Anaheim. Mikhail Granlund, uh, he's 28, 17 goals, 30 points, $5.75 million contract last year. Uh, I think he stays between 5.5 and uh, $6.75 million. I think he's waiting for Mike Hoffman to go, and that will basically see where he lands and what his deal is going to look like. Again, great left winger. He has a lot of upside. Uh, had a down year, but I think he will definitely be can be able to uh, rejuvenate his career with the right team. And finally, Anthony Duclair, great young player, 24 years old, had 23 goals, 40 points last year with Ottawa. His cap hit was 1.65. He's definitely looking for a range. I think he goes between four and five million. I would love to see him uh, in a Flames uniform. Uh, but I know that's definitely not possible with the cap hit right now. But I think he's a great young player. He is representing himself, and he didn't get to come to deal with Ottawa. But I think he's definitely going to be a person to, you know, a key individual who's going to play well in the future of the NHL. So it's going to be an interesting uh, off season currently, continuing with great names still on the board. Uh, the uncertainty of what the NHL season is going to start and what it's going to look like with uh, family and friends being away. But it's just going to be tough. And the question is, is if they're fans, they're going to allow fans at a distance or are they going to do things like they've done in the NFL where only certain tickets are sold? Um, and especially like if you look at pro wrestling and with AEW, they have started to allow fans at, at a certain amount uh, in their uh, facility which they have so it depends we'll see what happens with the nhl and what they decide uh coming up in the upcoming season but that is all yet to be seen um because you know there's a lot of uncertainties but you know there's a lot of lot of free agents that are pretty good that's still there like you still got players like sammy vatnin carl soderberg carl uh, carl alsner Andy Green, like a lot of these guys, you've got great teams who are great players who who need teams, and the biggest thing is that there's no contract and there's no there's no there's no money right now because of the the flat cap, and that's a, a big issue right now um, with everyone. So I wanted to that basically wraps up the portion of our free agency. I want to take a deep dive into the Calgary Flames. Now, the Flames have made major offseason moves this season, signing Jacob Markstrom. They got their top goaltender. Um, they got their number one goaltender since likes of Kerry Ramo, Yoni Ordio, Jonas Hiller, 
Brian Elliott, Mike Smith, and the list goes on and on. Uh, Red Obera. So they finally got their number one goaltender. And Calgary becomes the third team in the NHL that has two all-star goaltenders. Uh, they join Boston and San Jose as the only two other teams to have two all-star goaltenders on their roster. Uh, with Calgary having Jacob Markstrom and David Riddick uh, who participated. Uh, San Jose has Martin Jones and uh, Devin Dubnik. And then as well as Boston, who has Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask. But going through that, Calgary, they've got one, about just over a million dollars left in cap space. And they have one more RFA to sign. And that is Oliver Shillington. I think he gets signed uh, before the next season. I think they're just figuring out legit uh, some talks between them. Um, but otherwise, they've done a great, great job of getting everyone they need to sign. They've made great signings with uh, Josh Levo, Jakob Nordstrom, and Dominic Simone. I think these guys are great players, and they definitely have a great upside to them. And, you know, especially with coming to next, the 2022 season is when Seattle is set to come in we are basically looking at you know who are you going to protect during this time and who do you expose and honestly i think calgary exposes giordano because he he will be 38 and he is got one year left on his contract and i don't think that you know that calgary would sign him more um because he has shown decline in his age and we hope that you know maybe this year will be the one year where he turns it up but it's going to be definitely be interesting to see where it goes um with that but you know there's a lot of we all know that calgary's looking for a right shot defenseman and the latest trade rumor with calgary is that uh noah hannafin's name has been brought up uh to Boston with the Bruins and for that trade uh you know I don't mind that I don't mind getting stuff people some defensemen from Boston with the right shot and uh right now it's basically saying we're gonna get Jake DeBrusque and Brendan Carlo is the trade right now is the is the trade right now is what was rumored uh I don't mind that trade uh, I think you know it would be, it's a it's a decent trade. I think it suits Calgary's need, um, for a right shot defenseman, as well as bringing in uh, Jake DeBrusque to fill in a uh, bottom six role in the team. Uh, uh, but again, more is yet to see. And I think still Hannafin is still a young player. He's only twenty three years old. Great cap hit of four point nine five million. Uh, for another four years and I think he's still a lot of upside he definitely can become a great player and you know it's definitely going to be seeing what goes on in uh, in the next couple of years uh, with him so I think you know Calgary takes one more year um, one more year to play uh, with Noah Hannafin to see what he does 
um, with him. So that is that. But, you know, playing with lines and stuff, you're looking, you know, do you split Monaghan and Goudreau? We've heard Jeff Ward say that he's going to try and move uh, Elias Lindholm to center. So reuniting Lindholm, Kachuk, and Manjapani, they were very effective in that stint that they had together, especially against uh, the Oilers in that span. That was the line that was just clicking. So who do you move with Johnny Goudreau and Ma- Sean Monaghan, or do you split them up? And I think Dominic Simone would be a great person to play up there uh, with Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan. He has the experience of playing with top-tier levels. He was playing with Crosby in Pittsburgh last season. And, you know, he's definitely got great upside to him. And he's definitely going to be able to make an impact. So, you know, you move that around and you have your second line of uh, Monaghan, or sorry, uh, of, of uh, Lindholm, Kachuk, and Majapani. You move, um, you move Backland. Uh, to the third line and you basically have you can have him Dubé and Bennett on that line and then Derek Ryan uh, Milan Lucic and either Nordstrom or uh, Levo um, in there and I think you know Josh Levo has had a great start to his season and I think his injury problems are done so I think he can have a great impact but even him, he can push up to that top line. He is a right shot, to f- right shot forward. He plays both sides of the ice, and uh, he could definitely make an impact. So I think you have a lot of leeway to play with if you are Jeff Ward to move around uh, these guys and make some good impacts. Uh, I do think uh, Chris Tanev starts on the third, or sorry, in the second pairing. I don't think they put him with Mark Giordano on the top line. Uh, I think Rasmus Anderson has proven that he can compete with uh, with the top lines and get these top line minutes, um, and so I think he he's able to do that. Uh, and then again, Yusuf Valamaki and Shillington. Again, Valamaki is showing great great potential right now in the Finnish league. He's the number one player in that league. He's just being on a great offensive. He's player he knows the ice he looks good after recovering from his injury and again you are a you have a great young defenseman who has only played a few amount of games in the nhl uh, and is still on an entry-level contract but is uh, exempt from the draft from seattle so works out in calgary's favor that they get one extra spot there so they don't have to uh, protect him but that's Calgary. I think they're a very good team. And they're going to make an impact in the upcoming season. Now, moving a little bit away from the uh, from the NHL. Because we know the World Juniors are starting uh, in December. And it's definitely going to be a great, great one. Um, and especially we have some young players that were playing in the NHL that still have an uh, eligibility to play uh, in the World Juniors, especially if the NHL is delayed a little bit and these players will be able to come play. Uh, For example, you may be able to get uh, Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, uh, Kirby Doc, and Alexi Lafreniere all returning uh, 
uh, to the team. Um, and then you have you're looking at right now that uh, you've got a whole you got a whole bunch. You got uh, it's just not even them. Uh, those guys most likely those are the guys the ones are gonna be in the NHL. But you have the rest. Uh, you know Alex Newhook, uh, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Cousins, Connor McMichael, Quinton Byfield, uh, Samuel Poulin, Colin Perfetti, uh, Jack Quinn, Adam Beckman. Uh, Dawson Mercer, uh, Jamie Drysdale returning, Matthew Robinson, Thomas Hurley, uh, Rowan Byram. Uh, but then you also have guys like Ryan Suzuki, uh, Jacob Peltier, Connor Zari, these young players who are definitely going to be uh, fighting for a spot uh, for Team Canada um, on this team. And definitely, it's not just the the world, uh, not just the U.S., but uh, sorry, the Canadian team, but even the U.S. Uh, world Junior team is going to be um, it's going to be great because you got again you got a whole bunch of uh, projections um, for a great team. Uh, maybe even like you get like people like some Russian t- players will be able to be strong. Uh, you have uh, draft pick of the National Predators. Uh, Oskarov, who's kind of come back, and he was a little bit um, uh, tense and a little bit issue last last one, but he's a year older. He's ready to go, and he's definitely going to be able to play in that. Uh, Sweden definitely have doesn't have too many of their forwards coming back for from the NHL, but they're definitely going to have a lot of teams. Um, Jack Hughes again going to come back. It's going to be a great t- a boost for uh for team USA USA in that but then you have Dustin Wolf and uh Spencer Knight and that for them and you we've seen the what Wolf has done in the uh WHL in this season and he absolutely killed it and Spencer Knight again great draft pick for the Florida Panthers he's going to be able to come back so it's going to be a great goaltending for them um to come in and yeah it's going to be a great world juniors um coming up uh and at least hockey will be back in the next month uh we will be covering a little bit more on the world juniors as they continue just to give an update about more hockey news as well as you know see how these prospects of these various teams are working towards and see who you know who will be able to make the roster in the next couple of years uh who is a draft pick that wasn't a good pick at all but uh let us see what's happened and let's hopefully hope that the nhl returns soon but everything is yet to be determined so Uh, let's hope for the best, but for now, it is time to say goodbye. This was Post to Post with your host, Azam. We will catch you next time only on cmru.ca. Bye, students, for you.